During the 1960s, a person could not have been blamed if they thought that the U.S. was coming apart at the seams. Everyday citizens had begun to organize and question the status quo. To those in power, the status quo was what had made the U.S. a global superpower and, to a select few in the FBI, those who fought for the changes to the status quo were a threat to national security. Those involved in activist groups that were at odds with the philosophies that dominated the administrative levels of the FBI, such as the Communist Party USA, Black Panthers, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and the Nation of Islam, were deemed threats and were systematically targeted to be neutralized. Documents obtained by activists and uncovered by groups such as the American Civil Liberties Union revealed this coordinated harassment of groups with ideologies that were deemed un-American was orchestrated and executed under the watchful eye of J. Edgar Hoover, who had been the very first director of the FBI. This case file, the theorists get into the not-so-crazy-now-is-it story of COINTELPRO. Welcome to Alien Theorists Theorizing Case File 138 Cointel Pro. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Woo! Oh, shit. It is now officially May. Thank yeah. God, because that means the <laughs> running challenge is done. Over. My my um, knee is my knee feels good now. I can now I can run. <laughs> First off, <laughs> I'd just like to point out one thing. In the rankings of the theorists, still number one, baby. I think I owe you a I think we agreed on a bag of potatoes. Is that what yeah. the that, that, was? that was that was the original <laughs> reward, so I'll uh, uh make sure we'll I some, right to you. Get you I a, don't want any russets either, those little gold ones. I'm getting, that's what I want. No, I'm getting yeah, the Yukon Gold. Yukon Gold. Yukon Gold, yeah. yeah that's the that's greatest what I want. fucking potato out there. Yeah. You would know, eh? Hey, damn right. I got my potato uh, vocabulary is impeccable. Now unbelievable amount of kilometers and miles logged. Zell, do you have the 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 total on hand? Oh, not the full total, but it was like 3,700 kilometers or something like that? Yeah, something like Ludicrous. that. 1,900 miles. Um, the top five. Let's go. Uh, number five, Julian P. from Toronto, Ontario. Oh, yeah. He ran. Toronto. Why is this in? got put in meters? 174 <laughs> Thousand four hundred and eighty three meters. Because it sounds way better. It sounds way longer. Wow. That's hundred and seventy four kilometers. Uh, I was gonna say you just have to move the decimal point. Yeah, one zero. Dan, no one asked you, okay? You don't even know what meters are. Apparently I not okay. All right. <laughs> I don't even quiet know. over there. Uh number four. Uh Sodom Eyes. Uh, from Ottawa with a 193 
8,082 meters. It's 193 <laughs> kilometers. Uh, Jason Boule or Boule from LA, 194,116,000. Uh, that's 194 kilometers. Emily Scordato, 275,865 meters. 275 kilometers run. Unbelievable. Give me a little bit of a drum roll here, boys. Give me a cue up a little. And the number one, the winner of the running challenge, Daniel Wilkes from uh, from Rohnert Park with just a mind-numbing 488,256 meters. That's 488 kilometers in 30 days. The guy's a beast. Unbelievable. That guy ran over 10 marathons. That guy's putting Forrest on fucking notice. Yeah. Jesus. Run, Daniel, run. Yeah, that was crazy. So those top five are the theorites of the week or of the month, I guess we should say. Yeah. And there was, there was a lot of other, I think, what do we have? Nine people put over 100K, which is yeah, that's impressive. super impressive. So I almost did it, just couldn't quite do it. My body gave up. Body, body shut down. Mine shut my down after day checks, 10. My body could not cash on this one. <laughs> not the first time you've done that. <laughs> no, no. This is a frequent occurrence. Uh, so if you participate in the running challenge, you joined it, running wasn't your thing. While we're still all in quarantine and various states of lockdown, we've got a new challenge. Um, one that Andrew might be good at, uh, as he showed off today. We're doing the 30-day push-up challenge. Easy. Uh, post your day one. Uh, rep it out to failure. And then you're trying to double that number in 30 days. Well, well I, I'm, there's no way in hell I double that. <laughs> no, you're not double. Not with that attitude. Sure. No, man. Not double. You want... It's your personal improvement so if you do 20 on day one and you do 35 on third day 30 no that's a garbage. plus 15 it's garbage double well, <laughs> jesus what if you, what double if, or nothing what if you could only only do six on day one and then you you can do and then only you do 12? 15 that's even better <laughs> don't listen to Braden. personal improvement best you can do if you if you stop at doubling you, you gave up i mean and also be prepared if you do like any more than 30, you're going to get fucking chirped hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did 33. Did I get chirped? Yeah. I got called a fucking vampire. No, no. Yeah, again. you did. Yeah, because you well, you weren't even touching. You were just levitating the whole time. Floating. Up and down. The no it's arm. June. No arm push up. It was great. Yeah. Easy effort. Even Mr. Conspiracy joined. He, I think he knocked off 31 or 32. Probably just one or two more than you, right? Yeah. Hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah, how, he's not. How, he's not trying harder than me. How sensitive is the Instagram and Facebook copyright that Mr. Conspiracy had oh Captain America God. on in the background, like barely audible, and the video got blocked? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know what movie he was playing. It was like muffled in the yeah. back. I could, I couldn't hear it. And then it's like, yeah, uh, Captain America, it? Winter Soldier, yeah, playing Mar- in the background. Wow. Yeah, delete crazy. your video now or die. Jesus, <laughs> pretty Basically. much. Disney doesn't fuck around, man. No. Nope. And then I also made probably my Citizen Kane of trailers. You fuck. That was uh, your that was your own fault though. What were you thinking? 
Dude, I used my Sharona in one, and it's still on there. Well, you the use... entire song of my Sharona. Listen, buddy, Boney M doesn't fuck around. They don't fuck yeah. around, dude. I mean, they're you don't that's fuck Sony, with big Boney so M. Sony doesn't fuck around. Big Sony, yeah. <laughs> you cannot play any yeah. raw, raw Rasputin. Anyway, so I don't know. Maybe we'll try to post it on YouTube, but YouTube's pretty good too for pulling stuff real fast. So we'll have to redo the audio. That's the only way. We'll have to uh, play, yeah, play on a guitar, and you'll it. have to do. Purple Wizards can redo it. Yeah, Purple yeah, Wizards sure. will have to redo that song, and we'll get the video out there. It was All funny. Right, but though. let's let's get into this one because this one is a thick and juicy. Cointel Pro. Oh. What is it? Dan, lead us down <laughs> lead us down the rabbit hole. Huh? huh? Okay, Cointel Pro, which is short for the counterintelligence program, is a program which it's a was a shitty found- name as well because they weren't even trying. Yeah, wasn't what is wasn't a super creative <laughs> what name. What do you like, mean? Like the, the- Operation Minaret or Operation Midnight Climax. Yeah. Operation I mean, Let's Catch Dudes Jerking It. I mean like <laughs> but it, it it makes sense. It's like you can you know what I mean? You can kind of understand what it what it is. It's not Project fucking Paperclip. Like Yeah, but what? Yeah, you give it away in the name. <laughs> it's the worst. Coin Intel yeah. Exactly what it stands for. It's just a few yeah, letters of each right? word. But it's but it's better than CoIntel because it's CoIntel Pro. Yeah. But yes. So. You got to pay for this version. You to pay extra for that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you got to subscribe. It comes with shit. Microsoft Word. Yeah. Well, this time maybe like AOL. <laughs> so uh, the counterintelligence program was a program uh, started in 1956, uh, authorized by the higher ups in the FBI and the you know, presidents, multiple presidents over the course of its uh, existence. Uh, Originally, the intent was to disrupt the activities of the Communist Party in the United States, because in 1956, the big scary boogeyman was communism. You know, well, like does does it surprise you? Well, does it surprise you? You can't have a bunch of commies running around America spinning and sinning. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know they I mean? heard like, the tales on. of Rasputin, <laughs> and they didn't want none of that happening at stateside. Negative. You can't have a bunch of these Russians with their 13-inch penises running around America. Yeah. It's not okay. Yes, that's what they put on all the propaganda posters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they say hammer and sickle, it wasn't a hammer oh, on the flag. What was, what was the sickle? But it was a hammer. What was the sickle? <laughs> It was a sickle. It was a sickle. Because they cut it off. <laughs> I don't want to sickle it's anywhere symbolic. near my 13-inch dick. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to Rasputin, hence the flag. I mean, 13, you could probably spare a few inches, but it's so fine. Yeah. Uh, by 1960, what had happened was that this this program, I mean, if you, to look at it one way, had pretty much grown to encompass all uh, disruption of activist groups throughout the United States uh, include like the socialist worker party uh, later in the 1960s. It would be the black Panther party, the student nonviolent uh, coordination committees, uh, all kinds of even the Ku Klux Klan. I'm not saying that any of these uh, groups have any sort of high ground over the other, but it, it, like the FBI was definitely uh, in the business of yeah, surveilling their business. everyone. Yeah, getting in your business. They're in the business of controlling dissent. Like anything away from the mainstream, they had their fingers in it trying to either steer it off course or like let it implode from the like the inside by installing like their own agents in these groups. It's fucking wild. 
Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like I said, it started in 1956. It, they they concentrated more of their efforts on uh, addressing and trying to, uh, you know, capitalize on the American people's fear of communism and domestic subversion. That was that was their their kind of, you know, their their what is it? Kind of like their their. <laughs> mo their not their mo but it was like that was the the justification for it so to fight the red fight you, the reds yeah fight the reds because they're gonna you know communism is gonna come over here in america and we're gonna end up just like the nazis or something like that like that was the kind of you know if we can't let that happen in america yeah but it went it went even further than that because then it was basically any party left to center might be commie we better get in there and Fuck it up. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the the person running the show was pretty much J. Edgar Hoover, who had been running the FBI essentially since 1935. Right. Uh, he was pretty much the, the worst person ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Sounds, I wouldn't doesn't sound great. Dispute that. It's, you know, there are some things that I definitely wouldn't dispute. That's probably one of them. Uh, Andrew doesn't like him because he wore a dress. That's why. <laughs> hey, but goddamn, well, his because because me and him wear the same dresses and we clash. It kind of frustrates me a little bit. Yeah, but they built the best dam in the world after him. That place is awesome. Couldn't have been that Good. bad of a guy. <laughs> Back on track. Back on track, Dan. Anyways, Hoover. so uh, J. Edgar Hoover had pretty much uh, come to look at it as his job to kind of define what 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 an American was. Right. He, he had taken the FBI and turned it into what it was essentially a secret police force. And he he had to get the authorization of some presidents, but there were presidents that he clashed with. Um, Harry S. Truman clashed with them saying that you know you've turned this almost into an American he turned the FBI into almost the American style Gestapo yeah right kind of. uh, other other presidents and other potential presidents clashed with J Edgar Hoover on tons of the things that they did while they were uh putting a lot of the the co-intel tactics uh on American soil so uh co-intel pro made it it's pretty much job to approach kind of counterinsurgency in the United States. And they use pretty much four it's four tactics that they usually would concentrate on. And they came down to it was usually misinformation would be one of them. Uh, they would use uh, manipulation of the American justice system. Uh, if that didn't work, they'd use violence in some cases, and then they would also use one more thing, which would usually come down to, I can't remember off the top of my head now. Didn't he, didn't he tell them like directly, like use your imagination <laughs> by whatever means necessary like get it done? Oh, hundred percent. There'd be, there'd like, there'd be agents that like get in group, group, some of these groups like the Black Panthers and they'd report back, be like, you know, like. It seems to me, Mr. Hoover, that these people, like, their main priority is to, like, feed the kids in the neighborhood. And he's like, listen, motherfucker, 
You go back and you find me something or your career's over. I want to know, is this the same council that came up with the idea to just put snakes everywhere to scare people <laughs> in Cuba? Like, are these the same guys? Because like op- that's all I can picture. Operation Northwoods? Well, yeah. I think that was more of a CIA uh, yeah, this is FBI. So oh, fair enough. A little bit different. Same, same, but different. I wonder if there's a little crossover right. there. So um, pretty much the activities of the COINTELPRO uh, hinged on about, like I said, four things. Infiltration, psyops, manipulation of the legal system, and violence. So uh, for an example of infiltration, uh, they were always looking for a way to embed FBI agents uh, inside these activist groups. And they would have them act as what are known as agent provocateurs, where they would try to urge activist groups to become more violent, violent and more yeah. radical. Dude, in some of the cases where these like activist groups like committed arson and stuff, it's like later came out that like the targets, the tools, like all the information was provided by the inside agents to do these things. So it's like they're just strictly setting these groups up for failure by you know pushing them one one way or another so wait these so the fbi is obviously not the whole fbi is in on it but like a small portion of the fbi is there's no like this is not like a this is not for the people this is like a rogue part of the fbi like not Dude, no, in no my one knew head, about this in my head this is an x-file style show with two agents who do <laughs> all this all of this what are their names um, First thing know, comes to mind, Jim and, and Jerry. Jimerson. Jim and yeah, Jim. This is Jim Jimerson's first gig. Agent Jim He's Jimerson, fresh age. an agent, yeah, and his and his partner Jerry Jimerson. Jerry, Jim and Jerry Jimerson. <laughs> not related the agent though. Jimersons. Yeah, they're not related. Just Jim no, and no. Jerry Jimerson. The fr- only two yeah. FBI agents on the case at the start. One one is spelled G Y M Erson, but Jimerson. He's jacked. Yeah. No, he's a skinny one. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very ironic the whole thing. I can see these guys hanging out at universities like, you know, trying to uh, infiltrate the anti-war movements being like, "God damn it, kids. Did you guys want to smoke some drugs?" Yeah. With with the hippies with their crew cuts. Yeah. You guys like drugs, huh? And not wearing, only not only that, but they're infiltrating like the Black Panthers and stuff. They're wearing blackface and <laughs> Oh, 100%. Hello, fellow, fellow brothers. You also hate the honky? Huh? 100%. Dude, at every turn, like most of these groups would be like, figure it out. They'd be like, I think there's like cops or FBI agents in our mix that are feeding info. So like by all accounts, like a lot of the times they were figured out. Yeah. Uh, there was I, definitely I, a few where it worked. I think they definitely said that the easiest group to infiltrate was the Ku Klux Klan. I would, they said that, that was the one they had the easiest me. time infiltrating. That, I could Probably see that. Be- because they're all smoking meth. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, I don't know if, I I mean, that's I think that's the Ku Klux Klan of now. But, like, then, you know, you go in there with a the crew cut. You know? You know what I mean? You're, you're talking like Jim Jimerson or Jerry Jimerson. Right? Jim you fit Jerry. right in. Right. We're a little white sheet. You're in. Well, I mean, what more? You got the right skin color. I mean, that's that's all. You, I don't think that'd be a hard group because that that's it's to, very hate centric. I'm not even going to begin to pretend like I understand the inner workings of a Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> I just think that's far I just think it would be an easy one to infiltrate. 
I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it's easy to infiltrate. You don't have to you don't have to infiltrate, you just gotta show up. Like I'm saying, looks alone, me and Zell would have no problem. Oh, buddy, Zell would be I fucking just wearing one of the there. red wizard capes. Zell would probably have to vouch for me. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, you're done. Dan, you're a little tan, my friend. Yeah, Dan's I don't a know little if tan. Dan it. wouldn't make, get in right away. But like, that's how easy I don't know. it is. Recruiting numbers are pretty low. I think. I think I might. They might take anybody. They might. Days. I'm just. I'm just up. saying. It's not. I'll just I don't stay think indoors it's hard. for a couple more months, and then I'll be good. I mean, I could. I could do the Chappelle. Like I'd be going off about <laughs> Middle Eastern people. I hate them when they stink. <laughs> Uh, so besides infiltration, like I said, they had psyops. Uh, one of the large practices of uh, uh, within that category was what they would do is is known as bad jacketing or snitch jacketing. And so they would uh, have agents that were embedded with, uh, say, the Black Panther Party, and they would spread suspicion that senior members were either embezzling money or plotting to kill one another. Uh, so you'd pretty much you would turn the the idea would be to turn the um, you know the, the organization yeah. against itself. Well, to, to like, promote faction you know factions within the the movement. And like the one thing that you know it made me think too is the fact like it's kind of a win win for them because even if they found out that they're being infiltrated, like that totally goes against the credibility of the fucking organization, right? Because like how. How tight of an organization can you have if it's that easy to infiltrate? What's well, what? Yeah, that's a great point because even if you find out there's an FBI agent and you're like, he's an FBI agent, then you're like, who else? Who totally. else is in our midst? Yeah, right? One, like, okay. Once you everybody trust anything, everybody get an envelope and write citizen on it, and that's how you find yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> the only way to find out. I'm not a cop. It, yeah, like <laughs> like once you're in, once you're in, like once once you've infiltrated the group. And you've planted that seed of doubt in everyone's mind, even if you're not really found out and like you never, that never really does anything. Now that, that just that seed alone is enough for people to be like, Hmm, is that guy? Is that guy? Is that guy? Can I even trust this group? And then it would make, it would make it even harder than if people wanted to join the group and they heard about that, like say got outed, right? Well, yeah, that group is, uh, it's been infiltrated. Like I'm scared to join because I don't know who's who. And you know what? What a time for this kind of stuff because it's not like now. I feel like this kind of stuff would be way easier now to hack into someone's email, send some emails off. The only problem is, is the people that you're sending these to could get in contact very quickly and be like, why did you send me this? I don't know. I never said anything. Whereas like back in the day, you're forging letters and sending these letters to people. And then so you send letters to two leaders from each other and they read it. And you know what? There's no quick turnaround of like, getting in contact with each other and that's all that's all it takes buddy dark wings dark words yeah 100 <laughs> percent uh the next weapon in their arsenal for cointelpro was they would use the manipulation of the legal system so if you couldn't break an organization uh using uh the tactics of you know turning them against each other you would basically try to break them financially so this would boil down to strategies where they they would have uh suspected activists and supporters targeted um by the irs or they were sued or they were framed for crimes that they had nothing to do with um you know if you put them in jail enough times you know you'd end up with uh having you know they have to post bail multiple times organizations funds get get eaten up by 
you know, having to bail members out of jail multiple times. I think the, one of the black activist groups said that they spent over in a year, they spent like $1.2 million on bail bonds alone. So wait, trying to get people out of jail. So these, this rogue FBI faction is, do they have like some like federal like judges or in their pocket or like, how do they get, like, how do they get away with this stuff? Local police. essentially, Yeah. Um, because they did, they did act very closely. A lot of these times, uh, a lot of these strategies would hinge on the participation of local police force and local law enforcement. So you'd have, you know, either police because at that time, you know, this 1960s, extremely turbulent time in, in, in terms of, you know, the civil rights movement, uh, there was a lot of other, uh, I mean, this was the 1960s. This was the great awakening, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and so there were racial tensions within these towns, certain areas, you know, Chicago, uh, LA, uh, San Francisco, these places. And it didn't, you know, it wouldn't take much for an FBI to be like, approach the, the predominantly white, you know, law enforcement agents, local law enforcement agents to be like, Hey, we want to put these guys in jail. And I don't think it really took all that much convincing for to get some of these guys on board. Yeah, well, like Braden was saying, a lot of these guys had crew cuts and were meeting with white sheets. <laughs> it's it, are you yeah, saying are not, you saying Andrew that uh, some of those who work forces are the same who burn crosses? Damn straight. I'm just saying there's there was not a lot of love back then in different like, time. Organ, yeah, different time. Way different time. I mean, what I want to know is how did they get? Erwin R. Scheister on their payroll. Like that guy was making Vince McMahon money. <laughs> what were they doing, Dan? Explain that to me. How did they get IRS? They would just they would just tip off like IRS agents to keep going after the same people over and over with audits. Yeah. They would just be like, audit like, this guy. That's the not even the hardest thing ever. If you if you have an FBI agent, I'm saying that right now, if you went in, there's probably a little more like tape and stuff but if you if you had law enforcement right in i'm sure they have like higher workings with higher ups in the irs and they'd be like hey we need a solid you should look into this guy and they're like all right well i guess sure. it, they would probably buy into it too because you, you're it's coming from somewhat of a trusted source you know what i mean like you're gonna yeah, exactly you know what i mean you're gonna believe them you're gonna be like okay yeah this guy's obviously a shady piece of shit because they're after him yeah i'll dig up whatever i can yeah, the feds. Yeah, are, I'll try to help feds you. Feds give your name, like if you're like an IRS worker, the feds give the name. You're like, well, like, yeah, I, I'll just, I'll go along with that. You, Could you imagine though, like, auditing think about this. this. You got Jim Jimerson and Jerry and, Jimerson and Jerry Jimerson. They coming into the IRS. They're sitting by some like desk jockey, and they're like, "Hey, buddy, we need help with a special investigation." They flip their little badges. They're like, "We need someone we can count on." Are you that guy? <laughs> we need a real American. Your country we need needs real, you. God we damn need it. a patriot. What we need right now is a goddamn patriot. Are you right? a real American? <laughs> and this guy's like, I'm in. Yeah. God damn it, Jim and Jerry. Take out his little pocket it, calculator. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we need you to audit this list of names. He's like, sure. And he's like, and don't stop. He's like, what if when I finish the audit, he goes, I can't do it again. Start it again. <laughs> Yeah. What if I find nothing? Run up, run doesn't, it again. Doesn't matter. Something's yeah. there. You can find something, and, and it gives a wink. But like, <laughs> I don't think it would have been hard to for like, especially that because yeah, like yeah. you said, Andrew, it's a trusted source. 
And a majority of the time, they didn't find anything. But that wasn't really the point. For getting people audited by the IRS usually just ended up those people had to you expend energy and resources to deal with the audit that they could have put towards, you know, organizing, uh, you know, act, you know, organizing Rallies. activities or protesting or things like that. They wouldn't be able to do that while they had to, you know, contend with an IRS audit. And especially if that gets out in the like in the media, like the media gets a hold of that, like oh, so and so has been audited for fraud, even though he's not at all like fraudulent. Just just that headline alone lingers around. That's that's almost enough, probably. Yeah. And even if the even if the charges go away, the thing still sticks with you. You know, that that kind of stigma or that kind of, you know, accusation sticks with you longer than the actual, oh, you know, they didn't find anything. And that that might that that wouldn't be front page news. No, that wouldn't be news at all. Like who cares? That happens every day. But oh, like so and so, like leader of this party, uh chart like investigative for fraud. That's front that's front page, or at least like that's big news. Well, even that, think about like a leader of this like you know, this organization or, or whatnot, and then your followers, you're like, Hey, the IRS is investigating him for fraud. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Can we trust him? Right? Like on so many levels, this hurts the credibility of these people. For sure. So if all else failed, you know, apparently the last last ditch last resort would be violence by the FBI. And one of the biggest examples or clearest examples of that uh, was the 19 uh, uh, armed police raid oh, on God. the Black Panther headquarters. Is that uh, the Frank Hampton's murder? It, right. As the murder of Frank Hampton. That's absolutely fucking horrifying. Right. Um eventually it came out that Fred Hampton, who was a leader of one of the, um, uh, you know, the Chicago uh, black Panthers, uh, he was a large and a very uh, prominent voice within the community. Uh, it came out that his, one of his bodyguards was actually an FBI agent and he had turned over a detailed floor plan of the, of the property at which they were residing it, down to details like where, uh, where Frank Hampton or Fred Hampton was actually sleeping, where he would be found. And so in the early mornings, uh, you know, in an early morning police raid, you had armed police with, you know, things like submachine guns, shotguns, pistols roll into this house and pretty much blow away everything that was moving. Uh, they killed Frank Hampton or sorry, Frank Fred Hampton um, they also killed another member of the Black Panthers and then uh, and it's, like, injured a couple other ones. And and all the bullets, it's just funny because they only, the Black Panthers, they had one weapon that they found that the Black Panthers had fired. The death they, rattle. They had got off one shot. Yeah, and they said it, though, that was only shot because after the person got shot, he pulled the trigger post-mortem. They post, call that post the death mortem. rattle. Yeah. And the, like now, the thing too is like this are the the FBI agent that has infiltrated this crew like he drugged Fred Hampton that night before like when he yeah, cooked Fred, him dinner he put he put benzos in his food to make sure he's knocked out and like the other he didn't wake up for the raid no and the other st any of it the other staggering stuff about this too it's like you can like Zell could probably pick up pick uh, pull up the pictures of what this guy's bed looked like like so they bust in the door blow a hole through Hampton's shoulder doesn't kill him. They pull him out of bed, bring him into the hallway, get him down on fucking both knees and 
two pops, double tap to the head, execution style. Two, yeah, not not the not the single, the double. Double tap, man. Double tap. Playing for keeps. Right. And the later <laughs> and even to go further, like there was an inquest into the police actions uh that they took that that day, and they said it was justified. Oh it was God. a justified use of force. Fucking sickening, man. Justified to do a double tap to the dome? Right. The whole thing. Well, they had said that they were fired at. By one one bullet. I guess. Yeah, there I was one. So. There was there was a, a round in the ceiling from the from the from hand they, dra- they dragged him out and shot him. Like they didn't in like the shoot him in self defense. Like you could have seen someone shoot in self defense. Like the guy draw and then got shot. No, they dragged him out and shot him. Like if you're like any type of good investigator, like no, this guy was murdered on the floor. But again, they're and- probably, they're probably taking their word for it that Hampton was a bad dude and needed to be taken out. Exactly. And it's I think, crazy. I think back in the day from everything I read, like the Chicago police were pretty corrupt. Like corruption was pretty widespread. Uh, so I don't think it took much to, you know, maybe push them in that direction. Another really good example is, um, uh, cause you, like you were saying, infiltrate and violence, right? Those are two of the things like, look what happened to Malcolm X, right? Like they infiltrated the um, the fucking nation of Islam got in there and started planting fucking bad shit about Mel- Malcolm X, and he was taken out by his own people in his own fucking at, at, during one of his own rallies. You know what I mean? They convinced people of the nation of Is- Islam to take out Malcolm X. Yeah, and that was just spreading disinformation like among the ranks. And they didn't even have to lift a finger. Yeah. They did it for them. It was perfect. It's it's like they were what they were really excelled at was finding a powder keg and exploiting it, a hundred percent. Just lighten the fuse. Yeah, and it wasn't just black nationalist groups they had. They had uh, there was uh, the FBI used their resources to uh, subvert and you know neutralize the Puerto Rican uh, liberation movement. Uh, where the the Puerto Rican nationalists want, were trying to either you know they were pushing for a commonwealth and or impen- independent country status. Uh, those groups, the FBI, the FBI ended up gathering intelligence on people's like you know activist families, you know you know where they were going, like uh, millions and millions of pages on just Puerto Rican citizens that had you know most of it had nothing to do with activism. It's just anybody that those people knew automatically became targets in this whole in Cointel Pro action. Yeah, they'd send like embarrassing letters to neighbors and shit and like and just like out people to to you know <laughs> other coworkers and shit like it was it's wild. It, Professional they, just, trolls. Like Yeah, they yeah were 100%. <laughs> And they worked in close concert with, you know, collect, like Braden was saying, and, and corrupt police forces were definitely a part of it. Because in Puerto Rico, uh, back at back in those days, uh, you needed a what was called like a good conduct letter in order to get a job. Like you needed to have one in order to get a job. But who gives out the good conduct letters? Police. Mm. So, you know, if you couldn't get one, you couldn't get a job. That's the gatekeeper. You couldn't do anything. Yeah, different time. Way different time back then. It's weird because we, you know, we talked about this before the show. We'd seen a lot of this in other case files with the CIA and foreign meddling and uh, doing this kind of tactics, but never really the FBI doing it on the home soil. And this is, there's so many instances of this in this time frame. 
it's, it's this this one seems sickening. like the most nefarious almost like purposely infiltrating these groups to like sway public like like public opinion like complete, and getting complete, and getting people executed how is this not a movie? Control, soil. completely controlled dissent like how like is this not can, a movie by now right is there no movie about this at, at all i mean there's a couple of movies about like malcolm x and things like that you could put <laughs> martin you could luther make, king you could make an martin awesome luther king show. was also you know caught up in this whole coin till pro oh. because he was part he was one of the biggest parts of um uh, of the civil rights movement the best part about this though is the fact that it just totally did not even phase his legacy whatsoever like you don't hear yeah, even though any they of tried this bad to tear shit. it down the guy's got yeah. a fucking holiday named after him like this did not phase yeah. him whatsoever uh you know and he was definitely he's they definitely used every trick in the book trying to get you know discredit martin luther king and somehow neutralize him um from you know making a difference uh and to some extent people argue that the whole cointelpro the actions that were associated with the FBI are what got what directly or indirectly led to the assassination of Dr. King um because it was I believe FBI agents who tipped off media in the town that he was staying at uh in was it, April of 1968 when he was assassinated, uh, they they had put a story in the local newspaper about Martin Luther King staying at a Holiday Inn as opposed to staying at a uh, like a historically black owned uh, motel, and so they had to change hotels. And they're saying that that is what may have you know it was a large factor in in getting King assassinated or setting him up for an assassination. I like I, I for me I don't find it hard to believe that they had this all orchestrated and had the person pull the fucking trigger to begin with. They tried to convince him to kill himself. Like what? Fucking a couple months before that. Well, yeah, that's, right. they, they had, that's the they caught him in the hotel. Yeah. They had recorded. So they were, they had wiretaps. They had, you know, all his hotel rooms bugged everything. And they had got audio tapes of him, uh, having affairs. Yep. And they had sent him a letter. And in this letter, basically they were like, just trashed him in this letter. This is I think this I is the it, quote. I think this I, is the quote. King, there is only one thing left for you to do. This is written anonymously. There is but one way out for you. You better take it before your filthy, fraudulent self is barred to the nation. That's what that was the letter, anonymous letter, pretty much can, trying to get him to commit suicide. Yeah. Oh, here's in the it. first part. It says, "In view of your low grade, abnormal personnel." personal behavior i will not dignify your name with either a mister or a reverend or a doctor and your last name calls to mind only the type of king such as king henry uh the eighth and his Oof. countless acts of adultery and immoral conduct lower than that of a beast didn't king it wasn't king henry the guy who, like chopped off like how many fucking yeah. heads yeah and like, yeah, like and eight they, wives. They, yeah. they, they like they told him like yeah if you don't kill yourself we're gonna release all this stuff and he didn't, and they released it all, and like he he didn't give a fuck. He's like, no, like no, I'm not doing it. Like, well, I'm not, how many I'm not of you bending. guys? How many of you guys knew that he had an affair prior to this fuck? Like looking into this fucking podcast, did not know. I had no idea. No, no idea. idea at all. All I knew is he had a dream, <laughs> not a fucking yeah. affair. So. He had a dream. Yeah, I mean, you have an affair. I mean, I mean that sucks for his like personal life and his family, but that not really anything to do with his message yeah, or his 
like his person, right? But they like they they found this. They were spying on him so hard and sent a letter telling him to kill himself. <sighs> savage, unbelievable, fucking savage. And obviously, he didn't listen. He didn't, nope. you know what I mean? He didn't take heed to their warning. So, like, is it really hard, that hard to believe that they had him fucking blown away? No, not, they were already all. doing this all the time. At last, like Dan said, the, there's four fucking methods here, and the last one's violence. They, like, there was so much stuff in this time period. It's actually mind-boggling. Um, they tried to incite um, a war between the mafia and the... Uh, um, what was a party called, Dan? Which one? The Communist the, Party? Yeah, the or? CPUSA. Right. They tried to they tried to get a like a war started between the mafia and the CPUSA by sending out leaflets all along like the longshore of the docks because the longshoremen were the unions and they knew the union bosses. You know, had many of them had mafia ties, so they send out all these leaflets pretending to be a longshoreman uh, complaining about his brother's communist ideas about how uh, the communist party says, you know, it's a shame what they're doing to us union workers. You know, if, if the communist party would really bring them back, but it's too bad. They're all run by the criminals and crooks and like trying to incite violence between the mafia and the, and the uh, CPUSA. But, it just didn't. It didn't work. It was so blatantly obvious. Do we like have no one bought it? Do we have any idea how big the CPUSA was at this time? Um, oh, it was. I, I remember reading at some point that it had like twenty or thirty thousand members, and by the end, with all their like infiltration and misinformation, that they had actually successfully dwindled the numbers to three thousand. Wow. Yeah. They were they were rising when when they became you know to the attention of the FBI they were a somewhat formidable political activist party like they were a, they could be considered what they would say a threat you know to the you know to the way things were right um, and so yeah like the, like trying to start a start a fight with the La Casa no. Nostra, the mafia, um, the FBI did like just crazy shit during this. Um, at one point, the Soviet Union had actually gifted the CPUSA uh, a group of horses, and the FBI <laughs> actually had a vet secretly sterilize them. Secretly, like, the I FBI mean, secretly. Were a bunch of petty bitches, like, like they're just doing like the dumbest shit. Well, the guy that's like showed up on the docks with like a pair of scissors and. <laughs> I don't know how they got a hold of them, but they're just—it's like, how would you get a hold? How do horses. Just, like, steal the horses or sneak in there late at night, snip, snip, like it's like fucking fifteen hundred pound animal. You can't. <laughs> I just see like a vet just like pulling on a little like black mask and like putting on the the eye and fucking just yeah, right. anti like no shine eyebrow stuff and just walking in there. <laughs> you know, and, like, you know how that happened. <laughs> you had Jim Jimerson and Jerry Jimerson head to the local vet, walk in, they're like. We need a true patriot. Buddy, everybody knows <laughs> Dr. Doolittle was doing side work for the fucking government. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy the level of like criminality done by the FBI that just was rampant. It's just crazy yeah. too. 20, almost 20 years. This, this is just one, like, this is only one of the things we know that just fucking like. This is like a, li a little sliver of the pie. Like a tiny and the only reason piece. we know this is because it got leaked by fucking happenstance and it blows my fucking mind. Now, didn't, uh, it, didn't it get leaked by, uh, maybe Dan will know better, 
didn't like a group of like citizens infiltrate like an FBI FBI person or agent's house and like that's how they got the initial documents? Well, no, technically what it was was that an anti-war uh, activist group was infiltrating an office in Pennsylvania and what they were looking for was they were looking for the selective service cards uh, which were used for the draft for Vietnam. Right. And they Hold were going to just their we, original we've got goal. A, we got a backup. We got a backup for one second because it's even better than that. They chose the night of the fight between Fraser and listen, Ali. Listen, look, hey, no. listen, did you stop? Stop right now. The fight between Fraser and Ali. You mean the fucking fight of the century? Ali yeah. Fraser number one. Yeah, the one where fucking Fraser Joe smoking Joe Fraser won by unanimous unanimous decision. Like yeah, this was the fight. This was the world's biggest fucking pay per view event to date. But it wasn't pay-per-view back then. I'm pretty sure you just watch it on TV, which is why they picked that because they were like, you know what? The guards will probably be watching this and they'll be distracted. So we'll have time to go in the world and steal was this. watching this, man. It was genius. Right? The only people not watching the fight were these fucking guys breaking into the FBI office. <laughs> yeah. You know, they felt that, you know, social activism was a little bit more important than boxing. I guess. Uh, Fraser wrong. with a scorecard of 9-6, 11-4, and 8-6 to 1. Ooh, dropped Ali with a fucking looping left hook. Jesus. Fraser was a beast back then, dude, man. Like, 27.5 million viewers back then. That's fucking... That's, that's a big That's before his big vision started going. Joe Fraser was an absolute fucking monster back then. He doesn't man. get enough credit, man. He crushed him. Now... These guys use that. And what was it? What was it? They had a dope ass name too. They were like the Citizens Investigation Committee of the FBI or something like that. Like they were on to the FBI. Like a group of like concerned activists had been like, these motherfuckers are up to something nefarious. Well, it was run by like intellectuals. Like the one guy was like a physics professor. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, uh, college and university professors and there was a bunch of intellects in it who have recognized what the FBI was up to and they were looking for information to expose them. Little did they fucking know what they were going to find. Like, no. I don't think right. anyone could have guessed. So eventually their idea, well, you know, what their day out originally was to steal selective service cards, destroy the selective service cards, therefore, you know, uh, that would kind of neutralize people getting drafted into Vietnam. Uh, but what they ended up finding is not only that, but this was actually the place where they were holding those selective service cards was actually also a two man FBI field office. Uh, this was in media, Pennsylvania. Two and which two men, jacked- which two men is what I want to know. Yeah. We Jim, know Jim and Jerry, Jerry and Jim Jimerson. Jimerson. Yeah. So I guess the two Jimerson brothers had left all their shit on the table because they jacked all of those. They took hundreds of the documents when they realized what they had there, that they had found the material which revealed, you know, the absolute absurd reach of COINTELPRO and the tons of, you know, and they leaked all of these out to numerous news outlets well, you're missing, in order to expose the program. You're missing the most important thing that was in that office. The box of snakes. Lance Kincaid's cryogenically frozen body. That's where it all began. Yeah. That's right. Now, the other thing is that, what year was this, Dan? When did this happen? 1971. 1971. And these two fucking idiots had (laughs) documents going back to the 50s 
loose in a field house. You know how incriminating this shit is? Like, I can't even imagine what they have under lock and key. I can't even imagine. Buddy, they had they knew they had everybody fooled with the name. They're like, this is a genius name. No one's gonna have any idea what it means. They're Point not even gonna look at it. Not, never gonna suspect anything. Like it's it's absolutely boggles my mind that all these documents were easily accessible by to be burgled. Right in a field office. Burgled? I'm like, what? Is that, that's that, I can't is even... that the singular version of burglary? Like burgled? I burgled. Yeah, burgled. Yeah, two burgled. Awesome. burgled. I never, I've never used, seen, or I've never heard or used that in a sentence. Burgled. I structured that sentence just to say it because I wanted to say that word. I like the hamburger, burgled burgers, burgles yeah. hamburgers, he burgled hamburgers, burgled burgers. <laughs> um, I can't even begin to fathom the shit that they have that. They were like, burn this, destroy this, or keep this under lock and key. Because to me, if this was my outfit and and we were doing all this stuff, I'd be like, okay, no one write this shit down and destroy it instantly, right, like yeah. right this, away. This message will self destruct, like that kind of stuff. Because like, you, you got to think, this is a like they're, what they're doing. They were operating under the guise of the law very loosely. They were like, "Yeah, we're covered because we're al- we're allowed to, you know, spy on people, you know, if in case we're think they're a threat." And it's like, "Well, you're spying on everyone." They're like, "They might be a threat." Hey, <laughs> like, what about killing people? They're like, "It wasn't us. It wasn't us. We didn't pull the trigger." But it's like they, they, everything they were doing was like so beyond like crossing a line and illegal. That why would you keep these dogs? Like, if you're gonna go that far to do this shit, like, why keep all the evidence? That is what blows me away. Because they get so, you know what I mean? They get to a certain point where you just get so fucking lazy and arrogant. You know what I mean? Like, that's how all this shit gets exposed. People fucking make mistakes because they get complacent. They think yeah. they think they have it wrapped. They think we have they have it under control. No one's gonna find out. So they just leave it in the open, and someone cracks it. Yeah, uh, uh, well, 1971 rolls around, and this is right around the time that, you know, Watergate is also breaking. And so uh, one of the most important, you know, events during this time was the assembly of the church committee, right? Uh, Or it's as it's called, it's the Senate, what was it? The... Is church a cool acronym? It's the it, no, it's the church committee who it's led by uh, uh, Senator Frank Church, who was a, a U.S. senator from Idaho, and basically, oh, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, and they built up a case to review the actions of all the intelligence agencies and how they had been acting on American soil and what they had been doing. Because at this point, like we said, there was essentially no oversight. There was no civilian oversight in any of the intelligence agencies, so they were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. The only person who really knew about it was the president, and he probably didn't even know all of the story. Oh, there's no way presidents knew the scope of what was going on. So, you know, it's pretty much J. Edgar Hoover acting on his own, you know, making up, you know, justifications for whatever he felt that, you know, if whatever he interpreted to be un-American or unpatriotic or a threat to the United States. He's the only person who gets to decide what, you know, what action should be taken and what needed to be done. Right. So the church committee is, was established in order to gain insight and then 
you know, decide what they were going to do about it and bring everything to light. And so not only were they, you know, bringing the Watergate stuff out, they brought that stuff out, but they added this on top of it. So they added all the CoIntel Pro. It was probably like the perfect time for them to get that because that was just like they just dropped bombshell after bombshell for days on end of all this shit and they're just like what the fuck is this what the fuck is this what the fuck is that what the fuck is this and Dude, it's just day after day of just crazy shit and you're like can you do you guys see the, what's happening here when they released this to the press one of the things that blew my mind was that a lot of the people that caught this information and it was released to them were like scared and just gave it to the fbi they're like I don't want to be in trouble. Here you go. Someone gave us this. Buddy, you, and like just they obviously read what the fuck these guys are capable of and we're like, I know what I'm going to do with this shit. <laughs> right? And it was like, I think it was like the Washington Post or one of them was the first to like really run with it. I don't know if I'm giving the right credit where credit's due, but I think so. That Maybe. sounds right. Hashtag look it up. Look sounds it up. right. Uh, so... Pretty much all of the church committee, once the church committee had finished, uh, the result was essentially the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which had become a, uh, you know, a, an assembly of, of legislation and protocols that would establish oversight into the actions of, you know, intelligence services. Also, one of the big things to come out of this was the uh, was the the implementation of ten year uh, ten year terms for FBI directors, because essentially you had J. Edgar Hoover who had been in there for almost like 30, 40 years. You know, king of the FBI. And now it's and then after the church committee, they had established that, no, how about every 10 years they go through a review and they have to, you know, they have to be, you know, they gotta be vetted. Right. Or vetted or they have to they are answerable to us, to the civilians, to, you know, Congress and, who are elected the democratically elected Congress. Uh did these guys go against for their actions? The you know, like the amendments and like did they go against our democracy? Did, did they really fuck over the people in their last ten years? Let's uh let's review this because well, like so how long nuts. was J. Edgar Hoover in charge for? Sorry, can you repeat too that? Too long. Like 30, 40 years. Way so too long. Just fucking try and wrap your brain around the things that die that guy could have potentially done in fucking 40 years of being in charge. This is all we saying, know about. JFK like, died in 63. That's all that's, I'm saying. This is Part, fucking dude, like mind-boggling. Completely fucking mind-boggling. I've never believed... Are you saying mind-boggling or mind-boggling? Yeah. It's mind-boggling. Bodily. Get your Rickyisms right, my friend. Get the Rickies down. Oh, okay, yeah. Jesus. Right. Hey, good. Uh, Braden, you should know because you're a blend of uh, Julian and Ricky, I think. Is that what you were no, called? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm sorry. They got. They all have it wrong. Braden is fucking 100% Randy Bobandy. <laughs> Zell is fucking Jim Leahy. So what, we're gay no. lovers is what you're saying? <laughs> Probably. Braden <laughs> does fat. love cheeseburgers. I'm Fat Cyrus. Everyone knows that. Fat you're not Cyrus. Cyrus. <laughs> you wish you were Cyrus. I'm going to buy a cool leather jacket. Dude, I felt like Jim Leahy the last about five weeks I've been drinking more than I would normally would. Oh, but buddy. Be careful. Before we get too off track, yeah, we, we got to wrap this one up. This, the, with the them shutting down, you know, FBI directors basically, you know, having lifelong terms, they obviously closed a dark chapter on the history of America never to be reopened. Never. Right, Dan? Never. Uh. 
it was a unique time. And a lot of people would say that COINTELPRO was a success in some ways. It did what exactly what it set out to do. It had fragmented and neutralized a lot of the momentum that these you know, activist groups had been building over the the years prior to the interference of the FBI and certain, you know, and, you know, and their interference into their affairs. Um, but, you know, officially COINTELPRO was shut down in 1971. Under that Unofficially, name. Unofficially, it seems that those tactics, those counterinsurgency tactics that were developed during that time are it were used long after or even you could say are continued to use today um i keep thinking about that stuff i keep thinking about like because you look at like after 9 11 like the patriot act and like oh it's all for anti you know what yeah we got we got us we got to have the blanket coverage of everyone's like uh communication emails text just in case someone texts or emails the code like the keywords like anything to do with terrorism like we just have to have it you know it's for public safety no big deal and you're like hmm this seems you know this kind of happened before just now we have, we're in a digital age and now it's even easier to blanket coverage like large portions of people it's bananas right and so with the Patriot Act, the Patriot Act actually is, is not a, almost not a thing in itself. It's actually just a, a type of amendments to the Foreign Intelligence uh, Act that I had mentioned before uh, uh, that, that came out of the, the church committee. And it, it it really changes kind of like the justifications. It gives the NSA, you know, CIA intelligence agencies more a broader uh, you know, more leeway into their justifications of what what they need in order to obtain warrants, in order to you know uh, it, to implement surveillance on certain citizens uh, within the United States, outside the United States. Uh, and the Patriot Act was originally meant to be temporary. The amendments were supposed to be almost like a wartime thing, since we were the, entering the war on terror, and. They have to be renewed. A lot of them have to be reviewed and they have to be, I think they have to be renewed like every 10 years or so. In 2017, a lot of those things were, a lot of the the provisions in the Patriot Act were reviewed. There was a, a couple things in the news about it, about Congress, you know, reviewing it and then renewing those, some of the amendments. But they also made some changes and rolled some things back uh, for the Patriot Act because they felt they weren't needed or there was pushback from some, you know, members of Congress uh, so, you know, a lot of people are saying that we're moving more towards, at least in the United States or some develop and other developed countries are moving towards this idea of the surveillance state, Yeah, you know, that in back then it was communism and then it was, you know, uh, terrorism, anti-war. And then it was, uh, you know, terrorism, it's, you know, okay, here, listen scary. to this. That's why I just pulled this up before we get off track. So the Patriot Act was included in the, I don't know what this means, in the Stop Gap, Stop Gap legislation or legislation that okay. expired in 2019, but it was passed a 77-day extension, which was supposed to be right. March 15th, 2020. So does that mean that it's still like those rules are still enacted. Like those, like some of them are, some of them, they're like still there, available. There's, there, there are pieces and parts which have been kind of rolled back or changed, uh, since then. 
since the you know the original Patriot Act was established in two thousand you know in two thousand one or so two thousand two. No, it was um, it was definitely written before nine eleven. I'm just saying, if you think this COINTELPRO shit stopped in seventy one, you were naive. We're seeing that still today. I can think of even like look seeing misinformation in the media about uh, in Canada we had the pipeline protest, the wet. I, I'm gonna fucking botch their name. I can't My say apologies. it. Wetsu Wetsin people. Wetsu First Nations. Wetsu Wasanin people. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, and it's a hard word to read. It's very so well. That's the, my, well, the First Nations, the First Nations language of Canada are not English, so when you try and translate them over, it, they're really hard yeah. to pronounce. It's now you know the hereditary chiefs were against it, and then you get all this information that like you know most of the most of the protesters are white. They're not even. Uh, First Nations, and then some hereditary chiefs are for it and against it. That person is not a hereditary chief. This person is, and until you have no idea, and then all of a sudden it's done, and it's gone. That was a, that, dude. That was the same thing in those uh like the Dakota pipeline protests. They're like they're yeah. going across those those like uh like those native lands, and there was huge protests, and it was in the media for a while, and all of a sudden like oh it's over, and they're building it, and then the pipeline leaked, seeing- and you're like what the fuck is going on? What is the like? Is this, what is misinformation? What is not misinformation? Like, what's real anymore? It's it's just it's crazy. After reading this, seeing so many parallels to what's happened here, I think about the you know the Black Lives Matter activist group, you know, being labeled a terrorist organization in some places, um, and and you know things like that. And, I, and that this is all what popped in my head. All this COINTELPRO stuff. I'm like, you know, it's 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 scary when there's not defined lines that these agencies can operate in. And when they're given broad powers, you know, that leave room to, for, you know, interpretation, you know, it's not, we've seen from the fifties to 1971, it's not a good thing and it doesn't end well for anyone. Like that's, I was thinking too, like now imagine because you like the, the last few years, it's been like Russian intervention, Russian, like a lot of Russian stuff. And then, like, it seems because Dan's even said he's like, well, like, when well, there'll be like a post, and Dan will like go back and like look at it, and be like, no, this is this like from like a Russian site, like blah blah blah. What if that Russian site is just some type of like CoIntel Pro, like they put, they've purposely done this to like make it look like Russia. So any like, without a lot of knowledge, you can really look back and be like, oh, this comes from Russia. This must be Russian propaganda. And then they're like, yeah, Russia's interfering. Russians this, but maybe like, what if the CoIntel Pro are like. The next version of that is this coming in and that it's still stirring dissent, but now they just pushed it that way. Oh, dude, it's it's impossible because I was thinking about that too because I'm like, okay, well, if it was truly like counterintelligent, you think they'd be smarter enough than to like the average person could follow, like, you know, trace, trace back. it back, right? In all these days where you can, you know, hide your IP and mask it and all this other shit, you know, wh- why... It's it's so easy to spread information now. It's crazy, it, and and you know after hyper normalization, I just don't know what to believe. I know. I've, it's it's wild times, man. It's wild west right now. Dan, what do you think about that? What do you think about like, it, like intelligence agencies still pushing the like the anti-Russian thing by making it easy for people to? For like, most people don't ever look right. Like most people just like see it, they read it, and they're like, oh yeah, like whatever it is but if you look back and you can obviously train you can obviously trace it back like well this is like from russia or like a russian state of some kind like and you're like well like is this is it really russia or is it like are someone trying to like make us believe it's russia or like what's going on here in my opinion the whole cointel pro thing and everything that it's done 
was always the the main goal was to divide people. It was always meant to divide activist groups, to prevent activist groups from communicating with each other and even across different party lines. So, you know, organizing, putting things together for their, you know, I mean, you could say most of the activist groups that were fighting during the 1960s were fighting for the privileges and rights that were being afforded to white males. Right. Like and white male privilege for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Not that so much, but just like <laughs> equity is yeah. really the, was the yeah. question. But anyway. Across the board. So you have to, there has to be a conversation now. And I think there has to be, it comes down to that there people need to engage and need to be able to, you know, properly, you know, civilly engage in a conversation not so much about what is true, but what is right. Mm. So if you're looking at something and it's calling, you know, you're looking at an article and it's calling, you know, it's either demonizing somebody, trying to foment radicalization. It's trying to uh, imply violence, you know, of some sort. In my mind, none of those things are right. So, I mean, it comes down to people just being able to, to figure out, you know, what, what, <laughs> um, what is needed to make sure that everybody in society can feel safe and can also contribute to what needs to be done, you know, to move forward. I know, but you see, like, and, you just see it right now, like, Especially right now, I don't think I've ever seen an online community more divided and hateful and like full of like venom than current times with the COVID nineteen and like this whole thing. It I've never seen this before. I've never oh, seen. Yeah. This. And you could either say that it, that is either something that it, that is it is a result of COINTELPRO is a result of these kinds of operations either still going on, or you could just say that it's a, it's a byproduct and it's just something well, that... Yeah, and here, yeah, it's a snowball, right? Once you get the ball rolling, it it just it gets out of your hands and it's it's on its own, right? So once you get this divide going and, you know, this hatred, it starts perpetuating itself without any need for further assistance. And once you, <laughs> once you like, wedge that first crack in and then, like, some people go one way and then, like, you're like your bias or like your dissonance to that like idea just pulls you no matter what. All it takes is a little, a little crack in the story. Like one, that's what I mean. Like it could just be, the story could be this and then just one person or like a few people promote a different version creates like a crack. And even though that version has no, right. like no real solid backing because it's like, it sounds like something that you want to believe. It just like cracks and divides like a, a huge portion of people. And right. you could show yeah. them, you could show them the evidence train back and be like, okay, well, why do you think like that? Like, like, where did it come from? Blah, blah, blah. And they'll cite a story or an article and you'd be like, well, okay, like, I, I understand, like, I understand why you think that way, but like, do you, like, how do you know that's a real thing? And they're like, well, I've read it and I know it's real. And there's like, there's nothing you can change my mind on. You're like, oh, well, I, I don't, I have no idea what to do anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely sociocultural elements that are need to be talked about and addressed, I think within the United States, at least, um, 
that that go real deep you know and what i would say that are kind of the roots of cointelpro and the whole kind of persecution of either minorities and you know foreigners in the united states that, that kind of thing but um it, those conversations need to happen i don't think they ever really did happen right. because of cointelpro cointelpro broke apart people trying to organize and trying to uh have a conversation Right. A lot of the activist groups back then, 1960s, 1970s, they were nonviolent. Most of the violence that was caused was, you know, co-intelled by FBI action. <laughs> yeah. So great. Dude, like, like facilitating. And see, that's the other thing. Dude, this shit is still going on today. Well, we saw that. About, you, you have to be absolutely fucking naive to believe that it's not going on today. This has been around since the 50s and they've had nothing but fucking time because they know that it worked. They have elements. They have proof that this worked. So they've had nothing but fucking time to perfect this. Dude, we've seen the RCMP in Canada do this when they found the the two radicalized people online. Oh, yeah. And an undercover RCMP officer taught them how to make bombs and supplied them with the materials to make bombs and helped them plan a bar- bombing of parliament. And then they were arrested for trying to bomb parliament. But they're dumb. The they, two people who got caught are dumb. They, they would have never them. they would have never been able to make the bomb. They would have never been able to gather the components. All of that was helped by the RCMP. And I'm not saying like, oh, the RCMP is a terrible organization full of bad people. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like the, the tactics were used. The same yeah. tactics we saw in Cointel Pro. Dude, 100%. And yeah, the, not all like law, obviously not all law enforcement and stuff are evil, but just like any profession, you got some bad eggs in there who are subset, like susceptible to, you know, a little money in their pocket, a little whatever, whatever the reason is. There is people susceptible to like going down that route, and even uh, even in Canada, a place where conspiracies seem to not breed, that stuff still comes out. It's bananas. Yeah, and I would I would believe that. Okay, everybody's you know everybody's gonna say that this is. Um, you know, some people conspiracy theorists and, you know, a lot of us would be like, oh, this is the natural progression of things. You know, the government's going to take over. They're going to take bigger and bigger steps. We've given them too much yeah. power. They're just going to keep taking and taking and taking. And until we start eating like our to- neighbor's asses. <laughs> right. Oh, man, we got to talk about that in after hours. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I would say no, because. Back then, I think a lot of the a lot of the Cointel Pro tactics and a lot of this the leeway that they were given was a was the fact that the at least in the United States, like trust in the U.S. government was at an all time high, right after World War II, post World War II. Now people are generally in the United States are more educated and you're more involved in U.S. politics. You're becoming more aware. And I would say the best chance that people have to avoid this, you know, populations within developed countries to avoid this kind of thing happening again is for people to become educated, people to become involved and people to become, uh, you know, just, you know, active in their communities. Right. A lot of these there are a lot of cities now 
uh, that have fought against local police forces installing things like facial recognition technology, uh, like uh, what they call them, like, uh, I forget, there's a type of uh, like data stripper towers that they can install, which can basically rip data off your phone yep. or listen to your phone conversations. There are, there are multiple cities where just the city council, people have approached the city council, they have organized into activist groups, and they have fought against these things, and they have got told the police, no, you fuckers don't need these things. You don't need facial recognition recognition technology in a in a town that is as small as ours you know you don't need these kinds of things because they're not they're not necessary wasteful right? wasteful so, resource most of the right. time so you know again all of these tactics all of these things have always meant to be people they want they want us isolated they want people broken they want people fractured they don't want you to organize right they don't want you to be able to they want you to feel like your only resort is violence and they want violent revolution so they can put you down. Right. So the only way I would say the best way to address that is to be able for people to come together, have conversations. And I'm not saying it's fast. It's going to be like tomorrow, but I'm going to, it's going to be a long slog. I want to uh, know to get to the point where people for, you know, that you can have a totally responsible government, democratically elected responsible government. Right? Now, let's uh, let's get last thoughts on CoinTelPro. Zell, what's your what's your final thoughts? Well, obviously, it's a it's a lesson for humanity. So if you like, if you don't, if Dan's saying if you're not paying attention, this stuff is probably still ongoing. And if you just like, if you get separate, if you get like that wedge between like you and your friends or you and your community. And then you like, you don't have to go all the way. You can like, you can look at all the points of view. You can, you, you can read it, but you don't have to like, just be sold on something that you've heard. Cause you like it. And that's your point of view. You know what? You can just, you can take all avenues and, you know, make an informed decision and don't go, uh, don't go all the way. hundred percent. Andrew, what's your final thoughts, CoinTelPro? Um, I think it's alive and well today. Yep. I think they've uh, trimmed some of the rough edges. They perfected a little bit. <laughs> they promoted the bit. Jimmersons. Promoted the Jimmersons, got a little bit out of the racism avenue and focused on other avenues, but I think it's it's still alive and running right now. Um, it still shocks me that, you know, Watergate is so well known and, you know, in the public eye and this is the, the until like it was brought up that we should look into this. I'd never even heard of any of this shit. It's crazy to Not me. Not really, no. Uh, because I mean, this stuff to me blows Watergate out of the water. As for like, Gate. you know, corruption out of the Watergate. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> no, you said blew it out of the water, and I was like, Gate Watergate. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. uh, anyways, let's get into this. No, Dan, Dan, last um, thoughts. Dan, last thoughts. What do you think? As our only American member of the podcast uh i always think that the people the <laughs> the greatest the greatest capacity or the greatest strength that humanity has is when is the capacity to cooperate Boom. and use empathy like that and i think that like zell said it is this was a lesson that if you let an agency go rogue with no oversight from civilians or any input from communities or the people that it affects, this is the result. This is where it could go. And we stopped it 
not stopped it, but either either stopped it or slowed it. Stop that to version. some extent. That version of but it. But it it takes vigilance and it takes maintenance, right? With the development of technology and things like that, and technology's developing at such a fast pace. I mean, at this point, you have the people who are making the laws don't eat, fundamentally don't understand the technology that they're making the laws for. Yep. And we stopped this by complete accident. I think you I think you need <laughs> yeah. pe- people who legislators, people who are in people who are making the laws should know what Twitter is. That's yes. <laughs> All yeah. social medias. Get with the times. Let's go. You know, right. so that's what I'm just saying. Just we need to get more involved and more vigilant. Well, let's get into some space news. What do we got for space news? Uh, we are currently passing through the tail of Halley's Comet, yes. uh, which is the Lyrid, Lyrid meteor shower. Is that what's and, that it's, me- and yeah. it's peaking this week? Was what was that? It's peaking tonight, actually. Tonight, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you all. I didn't. We didn't say that at the beginning. May the fourth is the peak of the shower, but it's going to last until mid-May. So. Yeah. Keep looking up. So you get out there, make some wishes. I'm gonna wish I double my push-ups. Uh, <laughs> you said you're gonna. Someone tells me that's not gonna be hard to do. You said you're tripling push-ups. Yeah, I'm gonna go for. A, I want to try to go for a hundred at the end. I I would like to see you get a hundred. That would be impressive. Yeah. Man, I would be happy with a hundred. So I'll be really impressed. I'd be happy with fifty. <laughs> okay. Right, uh, Next. Exclusive. We might have first ever detection of a fast radio burst in our own galaxy. Meaning? Uh, a Milky Way magnetar called SGR 1935 plus 2154 may have just massively contributed to solving the mystery of powerful deep space radio signals that have vexed astronomers for years. Um. Pfft. You gotta look that up. This is way beyond my my intelligence level. Look it up. Hashtag look it up. (laughs) (laughs) I read that article and I was just like, "Well, the headline's good," but after that, I'm like, "I don't understand any of this." Um, I had one other thing, but the site's not working. I got a couple. The moon isn't dead. Ridges on lunar surface show signs of recent tectonic activity. For a lot, for a lot of years, the, all the experts have said the moon appears to be a inactive spaceship. Well, that also a spaceship, hollow ball of cheese, a Death Star, if you will. But yeah, they they think that because there's a few ridges on the Earth or on the moon that show what seems to be freshly uncovered bedrock, not covered in moon regolith, which is uncommon, I guess. So they're thinking that. The moon actually might have a little bit of volcanic or tectonic seismic activity. So maybe it's not a dead rock like we thought. Or maybe it's getting ready to pick up and get the fuck out as a spaceship. Moon's a rocking. <laughs> yeah, don't it, come knocking. It's out. <laughs> and as soon as the imagine the moon was a spaceship and it and it left the orbit of the earth and it just fucked up all our weather and stuff. The whole planet just got destroyed. Jesus. Would we get would the weather get destroyed? Because we'd have no more tides. No more tides. Like that. I think if the moon was just vanished out of the sky, the Earth 
Earth's weather, Earth's weather would just fucking collapse. I think. Oh, there'd be yeah, there'd be tons of bad things. There'd be a lot of bad shit going on. <laughs> there'd be a lot of bad things. <laughs> no werewolves. We get we get hit by a bunch of more meteors. Yeah, the yeah, the, the moon sure. takes like ninety five percent of the meteors. So if the moon goes, we're definitely getting smashed. Now that's something I haven't looked at actually. When was the last time the moon got hit by a sizable object? Does anyone know? I don't think in a while, but it could happen any day. Because most of the smaller ones, things it doesn't. I think mostly it doesn't. It doesn't like they don't strike it, but the the moon's gravitational pull actually kind of like shields us. It kind of like bends just ma- stuff, just makes like, them go like, off course the rather than ever so slightly that it stuff kind of misses. Yeah, us. Re- rather th- rather than a direct hit, it kind of like pulls it off course just enough to kind of have a close flyby instead. That's all I had for space news. Anybody that's, else? Yeah, that's it for space news. Uh, let's fire up the old randomatron. See what we got going here. Randomatron. Here we go. Printing, faxing, scanning, emailing, texting. Woof. Oh. Mongoose file, here it comes! Oh, yeah. Now, hold on. We've had a lot of complaints about the way you tell stories. Yeah. People hate it when you tell it in the first person. Yeah, you suck at telling stories, I guess. <laughs> well, can somebody please explain to me how you don't tell a story in the first person? I'm very confused by that. <laughs> Told you third person, plural. Yeah. He walked into the room. They, they <laughs> yeah. walked into the room. Man, I'm getting a lot of hate. You don't like my stories? You don't like the way I do push-ups? Like, what the fuck else am I going to do, man? You don't like Just one arm? Target. I tried two arms. <laughs> my ass wasn't high enough, according to somebody. Like... No, your ass was too high. It was above your... No, it was below your chest. What do you say? I don't your know. ass was below your chest. You're know. getting grilled. I, I don't know how that yeah. atomically, anatomically works, to be honest with you. My ass is supposed to be in line with my chest, he was saying. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I thought you were supposed, yeah. supposed to be a straight, like, you know, like a 15-degree angle. Like, straight all the way. Yeah, and uh, I'm, that, that's how I thought I was, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Who knows? I'll try to do it here. Andrew's not straight. You suck, I guess. You I just guess. suck all around. It's fair. Andrew sucks got, at being straight. Listen, Anyways. Here's the, pr- here's the pro. You got some self-improvement, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's only up from here. This is true. This is true. All right. Anyways. Don't fuck up this story, though. So, Longest file. obviously, we know this. Happened to a friend, yeah. of a friend of a friend of mine. Of course. Yeah, and not even his friend. He kind of knew this guy. Kind of knows him. Loosely, loosely. Yeah. But again, like yeah. as we all know and we all hate, I'm going to have to talk about the story in the first person. Because, you know what I mean? It's not going to sound good if I don't. So, our friend of a friend of of ours was just wrapping up a call in kind of a farm area. You know, a lot of times, ambulance get called for what we call lift assists. So, you know, an an elderly person in the middle of the night will get up, potentially try to go to the bathroom or whatever elderly people like to do in the middle of the night. And because they're, you know what I mean? They're not always the most ambulatory people in the world. They can fall. Uh, sometimes they don't get hurt. So when that happens, you can help them back up to their feet, help them back up into bed. They go back to bed. The ambulance, you know what I mean, wraps up and takes off. So we were just finishing up helping this very nice old lady back in her bed. 
packing up all our equipment when we're outside and you hear this like deafening boom and like the kind of fucking boom you can feel in your chest like you know what i mean little like, boom boom shake the room exactly like fucking <laughs> almost drop your knees boom right startling and you look over to in the distance and you can just see fucking smoke and fire billowing from what looked like a farmhouse oh, you know fuck. what i mean and we're like you know what i mean we're we're fucking like you know what i mean two three miles away from this place so you get on the mic and let dispatch know be like i don't know what happened but we just heard an explosion like obviously send the police send the fire we're gonna go check it out so hop in our ambulance and boogie down to this farmhouse and as we're approaching you can just see the fucking flames flying and i'm like you know what i mean you know did a little firefighting back in the day so i was like you know i'm gonna relive the old glory days kick down the door and fucking save some people let's do this yeah so we so we come flying up to this farmhouse and there's fucking flames everywhere. And my whole plan to relive my glory days is starting to feel like a really fucking shitty idea. <laughs> like, this doesn't look like a great idea. So I grab the, the dinky little fucking fire extinguisher and haul ass towards the house. And as I'm getting like, this is, you know what I mean? Shit's, there's propane tanks in the back popping. Like, this is terrifying. This is some backdraft shit. Way above my pay grade. Anyways, start running up to the front door and... You know what I mean? I'm going to be a badass. And I'm going to kick this door in. First try. No problem. Front kick. Black dynamite. No problem. <laughs> Two, three, four, five kicks. This door's not fucking budging whatsoever. As like you can hear fucking screaming and flames just get fucking higher and higher. And I'm like, holy shit. As I'm trying to kick this door open, you look to your left and one of those little fucking, you know, like the tiny little half windows that people have in their basements. Yep. Yeah. That flies open and you can see arms sticking out. And I'm like, fuck, okay, perfect. Oh, shit. You know, turn around, go run. You know what I mean? And I'm like trying to help them. And I'm like, hey, guys, just like stay calm. We'll pull you out through the window. It looks big enough. And you can hear this guy just screaming his face off. And as you get closer, you have a look at this guy. And he looks like we're talking fucking Raiders of Lost Ark. Like this guy's face is fucking in the midst of melting. Oh. And I'm like, holy shit, I've got like minutes to get this guy out. And he's got his arms reached out. So I start grabbing onto his hands and try, like, you know what I mean? And it's pitch black and I'm grabbing on his hands and I'm like, you know what I mean? And I can't get a grip. I'm like, why is this guy so fucking wet? Like I couldn't figure oh, out. No. And I no. keep just slipping off his arms. No. And as I'm slipping, I look and his skin from his arms is just fucking no. completely sloughing off. Uh. Oh my God. I so, knew where that story was going. As soon as you said his arms are wet, I was like, oh, no. So we've got a puddle of skin underneath this guy's fucking arms, and he's just fucking screaming, and I got no other options here. So I reached my arm in, and he was wearing pants, and I fucking grabbed the back of his fucking pants and just pulled them out. And unfortunately, like, we got this guy out. He was the only person in the house, luckily. He lost a dog. Um, oh, it was a dog. It was a fucking meth. He had a meth lab in the basement. He didn't make it. But you know what I mean? Like I was shook after sitting on the back of the ambulance. We had another crew come in and transport this guy. And like, I'm sitting there just like trying to process what happened. And I hadn't even taken my gloves off yet. And I go to fucking take my gloves off and skin just comes off with my glove. Oh man. And just like, I puked, I puked my guts out, or my friend puked yeah, his guts out. I can imagine. Like it was horrifying. So, and you know, there's a little taste of some, grossness of ems life for you do you want to be a paramedic did i mention it does not pay well 
Not in, not in this area, at least. That's a no. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard no over here. It's a hard no for me, dog. Yeah. That's um, disgusting. It was super gross. All right. Well, let's. Uh, what else we got at the end here? We got a song of the week, Zell. Oh, I'm gonna read a few Patreon supporters. If you want to oh, hear yes. some uh, after hours and a bunch of bonus stuff, head over to our Patreon, patreoncom podcast. Uh, we got, I think we got like almost 80 hours of bonus stuff on there and more coming every week. Uh, this week's Patreon supporters, we have Shay. Oh, this is a great fucking name. Alien Speculator Speculating. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky parody law is a thing, buddy. Yeah, ooh, easy. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Stuart. White Rod. Toby. Oh, this is a great, man, another great fucking name. The Australian. You can figure that out how that's. That's a good name. He's, uh, I saw him new on Discord. He or she, I don't know. Welcome. Them? Welcome. Them. They. Jamie. Nathan Saucer. Nope, that's wrong. Nathan Sawyer. Or, yeah, Sawyer. Amanda, oh, God damn, Amanda Goadecki. Goadecki? Go with that. Jose A. Martinez, and that's the last one of the week. Thanks for supporting the show. Yeah. Uh, I ha- I do have a band of the week. Any other final thoughts, before? any final uh, housekeeping before I give the band of the week, or are we good? We're good. Give the band of the week. Oh, wait, I wanted to say... Uh, Shout out to our fucking our Facebook mods. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> I've been saying it on the regular show. I saw it after hours, and now I can remember. Fucking, they're the best. They're killing like, it. They they are really great. They they go through all that stuff that gets posted on our on our social media on our Facebook page and to the to the Facebook group. And I go through it occasionally, but they are on top of it just about all the time. They're putting you know, in work. The, fa- the Facebook group has gotten a lot better. Yeah, it's got a lot better still. And our mods are so good that I'm pretty sure one of our mods posted a push-up video and he was getting roasted. <laughs> and he could have at any time just start slinging that band hammer on all you motherfuckers <laughs> that were poking fun at him. But he holds himself to a higher standard than that. And he just uh, rolled with the punches. I would have banned okay. them all. On him. Absolutely banned them, them all. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Andrew's Dude, I'm not, so Andrew's petty, not they a mod. Would all be gone. <laughs> Andrew's not a mod because he'd be banning everyone. Left hey, listen, right. my shit gets fucking denied on there, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mod, wait. The, oh, we got a donation. Whoa, what's that? $20 donation. Grace. I didn't even know that would come up, but that did, so appreciate that. What do we have to do for that? We, do you take off a shirt now? What goal is that? Uh, you show you show one nipple. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah shirt Woo! off. You donate twenty dollars. Andrew takes a shirt off. Um, I had something else to say, but I forgot it. So Wait, is that a thing? I guess so. Yeah, it that's that's a twenty bucks from our chatterbait stream. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You can find us on uh, what's the website that people are using now for selling nudes? Um, oh, OnlyFans. Yeah, OnlyFans. Att. <laughs> you can find. A bunch of disappointing pictures. All your explicit <laughs> pics that you've ever you not ATT wanted to after see. Dark. <laughs> All of us yeah. together doesn't even equal Rasputin. Just so you know, one hundred percent not. Yeah, not even half. All right, I got. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up. I got band of the week this week. Band of the week is a band called the Carbons. They've been featured on here a few times. Friends of mine from Kelowna, BC. 
Uh, the new song is called Superheroes. Just came out, I think, like two days ago. So give it a listen. You can find The Carbons on Spotify or any streaming service. We'll play it at the end here. And, and I'll as press we stop. always say at the end, <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Uh, and as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the sky. Tell them now. Yes, did you meet us? Super-